This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Oak Road Hatter podcast and we are feeling a little bit better than five o'clock on Saturday. I am Billy Mully and this is what we have in store for today. We do have to talk about it as painful as it might be but we go through exactly what went wrong during Saturday's 5-0 defeat against Birmingham. We also discuss what remaining bits need to be tidied up this summer in terms of recruitment all before a preview of Saturday's clash with Sheffield United. But we'll go straight into it I know we don't want to talk about it I can tell by your faces but did we deserve to lose 5-0 Jamie? Um, well on, on the game itself so I, I wasn't there so I can't really comment on the performance but from the highlights it seems like um, all five goals were just a comedy of errors really um, the, sec- the second one Chong was, was quality cross but in terms of did we deserve to lose? Seemingly, yes. Um, and I'll probably let Dylan and Stephen get into the nitty gritty of, of the actual of the actual performance itself. Don't make me, Jamie, please. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> Five nil was probably a little. It's a difficult one because we had a few chances. We had we had a couple of chances early on, but at the end of the day, if you don't defend set pieces, then you can talk about whether you deserve to lose or not, but if you don't defend set pieces, then you know you're you're going to get punished. So five nil was probably a little bit harsh, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't completely crazy. We we were we were pretty pretty poor. Yeah, I you agree with that. I'd I'd say it was a generous scoreline. We didn't deserve five nil, but at the same time. I think anything less than that would have been quite lucky as well because the way, I mean, it was, it was, I'd say it was a mix of we just didn't 
look like we cared at all. None of the players looked like they really cared from what I saw anyway. And um, and just almost every ball, every every chance of a foul or whatever went against us and went to Birmingham. Like, it was a mix of not wanting the second balls or the first balls or anything. And then it was also a mix of when we did try and win the ball, it just fell straight to Birmingham. And it was just one of those days where it's just, it wasn't going to happen. And we didn't look like we wanted it to happen either. So it was, you know, it's a generous scoreline, but at the same time, you know, anything less than 5-0, we would have been lucky. So bit of a bit of a annoying game, to say the least. Well, I, I guess well, I guess what I would say is it seems from, from the outside that everything that could go wrong in 90 minutes sort of did. I mean... We've got uh, a set-piece goal considered in the first 10 minutes, much like West Brom. Um, second goal at a bad time, bit of quality. Um, and I, I, so I was, I was chatting to my dad who went and he, he said that Sluga made a good save, I think, sort of before half-time when you sort of think maybe that that's the, the thing that changes it. You come out at, at half-time thinking, yeah, come on, boys, we can do this. And then we can see straight away. So I think it seems that everything that could have gone wrong did. Um, and yeah, I guess... I don't want to say it was one of those days, but I guess in a way it sort of was. And from an outsider's perspective that didn't go to the game, it seemed that Bowyer got it right, Jones got it wrong. So what tactically went wrong, Dylan? It's it's tricky because I think it's always a mixture. You know, it's it's a mixture between they won their individual battles. When we went into Elijah Adebayo, um, they won their battles against him. They made sure they got onto second balls. But also, yeah, tactically, I thought we we didn't quite get it right. And I think he was constrained by the choices that he had. But we started with with Campbell and, and Pelly Ruddock as a two, and then Musque as the 10 with Cornick and Adebayo there. And early on, we changed it because they were able to switch the play around us. So we went flat. So we went with a flat four in midfield. We moved Cornick to the right, Musque to the left. And in my opinion, what, what happened then was when we were winning the ball back in our own third, Elijah was completely isolated. So, yeah, you know, as Stephen said, we were, you know, we didn't jump on second balls. They did everything. But also, I think that was exacerbated slightly by the, the kind of tactical elements because we weren't close enough to Elijah Adebayo in the imme- immediately after we won the ball back. Um, so, yeah, and, and then obviously when we went to that flat four and I, I posted a few things on Twitter about this just because I, I I thought, you know, there was some things to to talk about. It then enabled Ryan Woods to just completely dictate the game. And he was able to get the ball in our half and play a diagonal into Jukovic, which is not what you want um, against Birmingham. So, yeah, I think maybe it's a bit harsh to say Jones got it wrong because we didn't have a natural holding midfielder on the pitch. And we played so well on Tuesday night. So, you, you know, you don't want to change it too much. But without a shadow of a doubt, Birmingham tactically were better than us. Do you think, Dylan, that, I guess, do you think Nathan was influenced by how well we played against Barnsley in terms of starting with that back foot at home compared to, like, like I guess normally maybe we might have gone like a 4-2-3-1 and gone at them, but because of how well we played against Barnsley with that back three, maybe he sort of thought, you know what, let's, let's stick with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think um, maybe as well a part of that was the West Brom game. So we played so well on, on, against Barnsley. We then went to West Brom, 
with Naismith at the back. And Naismith struggled. And what did West Brom do? They put it over the top. They went direct. And Naismith struggled big time. So it was also about the West Brom game as well and just easing the load on Naismith a little bit by having a, giving him that little bit more protection, especially when Birmingham uh, stylistically are broadly similar, especially with Jukovic. Um, so, you know, I think hindsight is always, a very, it's always very easy to criticise in hindsight. Um, obviously, it didn't go right. However, it was probably quite logical what he did um, in terms of how we set up anyway, based on West Brom and Birmingham. Because it, it's all been all doom and gloom so far. So was there any positives to take whatsoever? Because from what I've seen on Twitter, what I've seen on Outlaws, from what I've heard from people that went to the game, there was not too much to be happy about. No, I, there wasn't anything to be happy about, really. The only the only thing that, well, I wasn't happy, but I was just sat there. I think after the third goal, fourth goal, I was just sat there laughing because there was just nothing else to do. But there was, I, I mean, Dylan might, might have a different perspective because he looks at it more, you know, tactically and probably a bit more professionally because it's what he does. But um, from from just a normal fan point of view, I just, I, I looked at that, you know, as I said, the squad just didn't look like they cared. Naismith, like I was saying this after the game, if Naismith has a bad day, you know it's been a bad day. And yeah, just, I can't, I can't think of any positives really. Um Musque was, you know, completely quiet. Not, not that it was his fault, but it was, you know, Birmingham set up to not let anything happen with him, with uh, Adebayo, with Cornick. Like, just as we said earlier, like nothing really went right. It wasn't just like one of those days. It was, you know, hold the the, the thought of like this team is one of the most exciting looting teams we've got. It's just a bit of a a little upset. Yeah, I guess. As you say, there is still excitement around this team. We can't just let one performance dampen that. We need to keep that faith. And I'm sure a result like that's not going to happen again. I don't want to say that, but it's just... it's a. I think we thought that result. after Reading, after yeah. the Reading home game yeah. a while ago. We were like, you know what? We'll never get beaten 5-0 at home again. And then it's happened within a year and a half. But we do have a tendency, don't we, to have an awful game. I know nothing last year quite matched a 5-0 result like, like Saturday was, but we did follow bad performances with a, a brilliant performance. So hopefully that's a characteristic of Nathan Jones in the championship, but we'll have to wait and see. But we'll move swiftly on from that Birmingham game because I think it's depressing us all talking about it so much. And we'll we'll look at the transfer market because... The window slams shut next Tuesday, I think it is. So is there a need, Dylan, for a Premier League centre-back to come in on loan? Oh, no, no, not in my, I don't think we need a centre-back at all. I think if we can get Bradley and, and Burke fit, Burke hopefully could be fit for Sheffield United. Um, but no, 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 I, I don't think that's necessary. I think if there's anything that we need to add, it's a, a, a progressive central midfielder because this... The way we've played, uh, and I've, there's been a bit of criticism about this online, but in, I don't think it's we've been able to avoid it simply because of the players that we've had, is that we've been very direct recently. And the reason we've done that is because we've got Pelly Ruddock and Panzu, and we have Alan Campbell. 
uh, uh, against Birmingham, they were fit and Glenn Ray was fit. Now, neither of those three players are, are progressive central midfielders. They don't pick the ball up deep and, and play those kind of splitting forward passes um, that, to really penetrate. So how do we then control build-up play? It's, well, the answer that we've given is we don't try and do that because we've got two powerhouses in central midfield, plus Admiral Musquay, who's a ball carrier. So no one really can dictate, no one really can penetrate from deep. Um, so what did we do? We, just, we, we decided to just miss them out completely and go direct and say, right, we have players who can win second balls, let's try and do that. So I, I don't think that we need, uh, you know, and in terms of our squad, we're missing Luke. People disagree with me, but I think we're missing Luke Berry he can progress the ball we're missing jordan clark because he can receive a progress a, a, a forward pass and we're missing henry lansbury who is who understands how to dictate you know the kind of rhythm of the game um but we are relying on lansbury for that so i think if anything we definitely don't need a center back um if anything we need uh someone who can who can come in and, and just give us that that calmness in possession which we don't have at the minute and, and that's kind of driving our style at the minute into being quite direct. And you think- I, I want to jump in there and say, I disagree with not needing a centre-back. We need someone back up in there because from last season, we saw how, you know, our makeshift defence did well, but we saw how easily we can be split open without having our our normal centre backs in there or you know players that are actually centre backs and I think even if it's just a three month loan just to help us through we we need someone in there to cover when things happen because Bradley's in and out of the squad with injuries suspensions we haven't seen Burke yet really Lockyer again in and out of injuries it's like we sort of need someone in there just to help it help the the back settle and then hopefully we wouldn't need someone on loan again, but I personally, I'd say we definitely need a, a centre-back, even if it's just a month loan, two-month loan. We need someone in there. And Dylan, you, you speak there about a progressive midfielder, someone who can carry the ball, receive possession, keep it ticking. How about that fella from Portsmouth? I forgot what his name is. Uh, <laughs> Joe Morell. Could he come in and do a job? Uh, well, we could do with, with Kiernan right now, to be honest. Um uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it didn't work out with with Morel, unfortunately. Um, but I think w- what we're seeing now is the kind of leftovers from Kid and Dewsbury Hall leaving because he was the one that we gave the ball to deep. Can he switch? He can switch the play with a big diagonal. He can play forward passes into Clark, into if, my, if it was here now, Musquay, and all and Adebayo dropping deep. And we don't have that at the minute. So, I, I yeah, I. I've, We've, we've let Morel go and we have to replace him now because he gives us, Morel is that type of player. He struggled, but he's that type of player. And that's the kind of player that we need to bring in now. Would you agree with that, Jamie? Would you agree that we're sort of missing a centre mid over a, a centre back? Or would you look at maybe the possibility of both? Or is there anywhere else that you'd like to strengthen before deadline day comes? I guess that the, there's a few things here. I think they're still going to need to be a few outgoings. I think we've still got about 27 on the books. Um, so, Elliot Lee, Dan Hilton, obviously, Dylan said Luke Berry, but whether he stays or goes is probably up in the air still. Um, so, we need, to, we, we need to shift players on, I think, is, is important. Um, we've got Dylan Pereira, and Nathan said uh, he wants to get him, on, get him out on loan, but can he do a job for us? Uh, is, uh, is he that midfielder that... that uh, 
that we need. Um, on on the on the centre back piece, I'd say I think it's harsh to say that Bradley's in and out of the team of injuries. I think when he's in, he he tends to be pretty reliable. I think at the minute, it seems like he's he's having an issue with COVID. Um, so I think if if he is out with COVID for a long time, then maybe yeah, it's a centre back in. If we're thinking maybe he's he misses Saturday, but then we've got two weeks in industrial break and then he's back fit for Blackburn away, then. I'd probably, then I'd probably leave it. Um, so I guess that all depends on on, on, on that situation. And as for midfielder, um, I, I don't know. I think we probably do need one more, whether it's it's the, the progressive midfielder or the more defensive shielder in in front of the centre backs. I, I, I guess that's up in the air. Obviously, we were linked with, with Ty Reid, and is, is he the one that that we need? But he's all gone a bit quiet recently. Um, so I don't know, it really is hard to say because even if we do bring in a midfielder, we still have Alan, Gam- Alan Campbell, Paddy Ruddock, um, Henry Lansbury as three options in there. If we add a fourth, then does Glenn Ray go as well? So I think that there's a lot of questions that that probably need to be answered before we think about who, who we bring in. You speak there of Tayo Eden and I'm going to put another couple of names out there, not because they're less concrete links, more that Twitter has basically either generated these or or there has been sort of some link in the past. But one is Jack Wilshire. And to me, it seems ludicrous. And I'm eager to hear what you boys think. But another one is Tom Entz, who obviously came in last season and Jones seems to be a big fan of his, let's say. So is there anything, could you both, what could you all three of you see any possibility of those deals coming through? I think on Tom Ince, he seems it, it seems like given we've got Jordan Clark, he's probably not needed. Um, so no, no for Tom Ince. Um, and then for Jack Wilshere, I mean, he's come out in public saying that he's training with someone. What's not to say that it's with us? Um, and if he is, then maybe if 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 Lansbury's going to going to only make twenty games and then say Wilshere can make twenty games maybe half of Wilshere half of Lansbury makes makes a full season player who knows um but yeah i guess it's just it's just it's just rumors on twitter isn't it really Wilshere would be unbelievable i mean he did a really he's done a i read it this morning he's done a done an interview with the athletic and he basically said that when he was at bournemouth last season he didn't miss a single training session. Didn't was available for every single game, and even before that as well. I think he was he was okay. So we need a progressive midfielder who can control games, who can find forward passes, drive forwards, left-footed. You know, a bit like Kieran. So um, not that that matters, but um, I mean, I'm I'm never going to say no to to Jack Wilshere. Whether we can actually, whether he's in a position now where he needs a club, no one wants to sign him, and we say. You know, this is what we're going to give you. Who knows? But I didn't. I don't think any anyone would say no to Jack Wilshire really, because what a player! You know, what a player. But um, but yeah, oof, yeah, that, that would be a bit of a dream. But it's probably quite unlikely at the minute. Um, and Tom Ince, no. Tom Tom Ince for me is is a big no. Um, we have we have Jordan Clark in that position who can do a similar role. We have Musquey who does a similar role. Um, so I, I wouldn't be keen on Ince, but Jack Wilshire, that would be uh, that would be pretty pretty amazing for us. Yeah, I'd say no to Tom Ince as well. 
agreeing with you know what you just said there, Dylan. And yeah, just can't can't really think of a place for him. But Jack, yeah, again, Jack Wilshere, I'd fucking have him. <laughs> I'd love him. I'd love him at the club, but likelihood probably not going to happen. But if there's an opportunity, if there's a chance, then I don't think there's anyone at the club, as Dylan said, that would say no. And I think I read the same thing as well. I, I didn't read the actual article, but I saw that I think he said that he's not been injured since either, it was either January 2020 or 2019. Um, I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, I just think it's a, if it's there, there's, it's a no-brainer really. And it would be the sort of name, like Tom Ince was, what people were saying last year or whenever we got him in, I think it was January. It was January or before that? I can't remember. Um, yeah, it was Jan. Yeah, people were saying that that's like a quite a big name and shows what sort of pulling power we have. But, you know, I think Jack Wilshire would be that one. Yeah, I think with Jack Wilshire, we'd obviously have to cancel power court plans and check that <laughs> on his wages. But... As you say, he's a quality. Oh, I don't think I don't think he'd ask for I don't think if he was training with us, I think he'd know what the position was. He wouldn't, you know, if he's desperate to play as well and he doesn't really care where, I don't think he's gonna be too worried that he's not earning 60k a week. If he's earning 10k a week alone, I'm sure he might be happy with that. He's not currently um so he did train with the team during pre-season, but that's finished now. Um so actually at the minute he's training on his own. Uh, yeah, that's what I read, but I was like, oh, I, I didn't want to jump in and say like that if it was wrong. But yeah, I, yeah, I think, I don't think he'd ask for too much if he was that desperate to play. At I the same time, think... he's obviously got a life that he's lived before all this, so he might need the wages that are a little bit higher than what we can afford. I still think his, his wages, yes, he might agree to take a pay cut up whichever club he eventually lands at. But I don't think Luton would still be able to afford that sort of, that that kind of money, really. It's a lot of money that Maybe. I imagine he'd still be on, even with a pay cut. And it's just not something I could see us doing. But at the same time... Maybe that's where we let a betting sponsor come in and uh, pay his wages for us. Oh, Stephen. There's I don't no want chance. that. I don't no want chance. that. <laughs> and with yeah as you say Tom Ince as well similar sort of position I just think he's an older less effective Dion Pereira so if, <laughs> if, that, if that's if Pereira can actually sort of get decent game time at a top league one club or even mid table league one club I think he'll come in to our squad next season and be an excellent player I can't see anything but that happening and we'll go on to one little question that I'll ask you all is who out of any championship squads at the moment, what one player would you all take from their team? Does it have to be realistic? No. no we'll do a realistic one and then we'll do a, a, a literally anyone. Uh, so my my unrealistic one, I think, see, which should be brilliant, is is that Fabio Cavallo from Fulham. I think if, if we were to get him in into that midfield, he would he would sort us right out. Um, but obviously he's he's gone on to big things with Fulham. Um, realistic one, phew, don't know. 
I guess if, if we're missing uh, an advanced midfielder, we can get Monks back from Hull, no? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good call. I'm I'm realistic as well, but I'd with I think we're probably all going to go on a sort of similar theme of uh, Dylan's um, saying there's the whole of uh, the progressive midfielder. I'd I'd take Alex Mower. <laughs> just take him, yeah. Just, just why not? Yeah. <laughs> just for, football, for, football manager editor in. Just, just put him in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It would be a the unrealistic one would be a, a Matt Grimes, a Mawa, uh, yeah, God, um, a Tom Kearney, someone like that. Um, I've just named every left-footed progressive midfielder that there is. So. Um, <laughs> a realistic one. That's really tough because it's hard to judge. But yeah. I'll have to get back to you on that. Um, don't, I, can't, I can't think of a realistic option off the top of my head. Um, Wait, Billy, before you give your answer, I want to I ask something now. If, uh, if McGeehan was available... Would you going back? That's not Rest what we need. you know. Uh-uh. No, no chance. <laughs> I don't think. I, I I don't think championship is his level. I, I, personal opinion. Where even is he now? He's, He's in Belgium. Still in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, it was coming back. On, uh, I think on on McGeehan, if you're saying to get McGeehan in, then just keep Luke Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I, well, for my two, I think Dylan stole Matt Grimes out of my mouth, so I'd definitely go Matt Grimes. I think he's an unbelievable player. Obviously, the unrealistic option, and I'm I'm starting to think about my realistic option is is probably not realistic at all. But Callum O'Hare from Coventry, I'm a massive admirer of him, and not a chance. <laughs> I know, I know, there's not a chance. Yeah, but I just thought because we are in a similar position to Coventry, I thought if, if we ever got a little bit more cash, go straight for O'Hare and imagine him at the tip of the diamond, how hard he works and how much talent he has. It'd just be unbelievable. But yeah, as you say, and as I realised... I think my my realistic one not that it's actually realistic anymore but you know you never you never know in the championship is um carter vickers i'd have him back yeah i mean but at the same uh, time he's been with bournemouth our realistic options there have just gone out the window haven't they well especially <laughs> minor stevens <laughs> yeah yeah that would be some brilliant signings if we did actually make any of them but we'll go on now to sheffield united at the weekend because they're still only with one point in this championship season. And is this the kind of game we want straight after Birmingham? No. No, not for me. I think no matter how badly they've started, um, it's a side that could kick into gear at any moment, given the players that they have. Um, and they've obviously found their goal scoring boots last night as well in, in the League Cup. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Um I probably wouldn't take a point at this stage, but I guess as the game progresses, I might end up taking a point. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game, um, but, but one that 
sort of means quite a lot because suddenly if we only win two out of five going into going going into industrial break it starts to look like a a subpar start to, to the season so yeah it's, it's one that I'm feeling quite uneasy about I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think um I, I get what I get what you're saying Jamie but I think I think no matter you know even if you know we're playing Sheffield United who are obviously have absolute superb players haven't quite clicked into gear as you said um but we will be right up for it and it will be one of those big games that it's a difficult one to answer but I think I think it's going to be brilliant because we we can we can really go out there and even if we do end up losing the game we're playing against a, a team that was in the Premier League last year. We know that the players are going to be really up for it and, they, and NJ will make sure that that happens. And I think what, whatever happens, the most important thing is, is just the performance on Saturday. Is can we just step it up a level? Um, and if we do end up losing the game, then because of some quality from Ream Brewster and McBurney and Fleck, then okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I disagree with the... It's a it's not the sort of game you'd want after after the Birmingham game. I think it's exactly the sort of game you want because in reality, Birmingham probably weren't coming down to Luton thinking this is an easy 3-0 win. They were probably thinking, oh, this would be a tough match. Bo, you probably would have told them it would be a tough match, but if they can get on the wrong side of us, then they'll probably have quite a fun time because, you know, I'd say when, when our home fans get angry, then it's probably quite fun for the away fans the way players and the away fans because you know we're very passionate about it and and I think Sheffield United coming down they're all probably gonna be thinking oh this is an easy this is an easy 3-0 win because you know they've just lost 5-0 to Birmingham they've just you know we've, we've come down the, from the Premier League so you know we automatically get the win and that's the sort of team you want to play after a crappy loss like that because we'll be up for as Dylan said we'll be up for it and I don't think you know, I think Sheffield United might might be quite complacent about it, and you know how we love playing against teams that are complacent against us. I don't think they're really complacent at all. I mean, I absolutely agree with with you, with you both with, with, with regards to us being up for it. I have no doubt that Nathan will get us our, our side bang up for the game. I'm I'm looking forward to the game. I'm, I'm looking forward to to, to to sort of seeing us play against Sheffield United, but. There's no way that Lafice is in 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 the training ground right now, thinking it's an easy three points. I mean, they they lost home to Huddersfield two one, so they so they could quite easily judge our our, our performance or, or our our result. But equally, they've lost at home to Huddersfield two one. So, I I don't think for one second that they'll come here being complacent. I don't uh, think it's really like Lafice's like tactics or mentality. I think it's more the players. They they're probably in in the back of their heads. They're probably thinking, you know, this this team of you know, come up from League One two years ago, they only just scraped survival when we finished, what was it, ninth, eighth in the Premier League, and then they've come come down. And I think their players are just going to be that little bit, like, just in the back of their heads, they're going to have it like, oh, we, you know, we've got the big name here, we automatically win this. But I think the, I think the difference here is, is that they went from League One to the Premier, what, three seasons, they were that underdog and they surprised everyone. So I think because they, they've been in our position, I, I, I don't think those players for, for one minute, like you, your John Flex, your, your Billy Sharps, your, 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 your Norwoods, I, I don't think that, that they would be complacent. I, I, I just don't 
feel like they're that those sort of players because if you look at look at Wilder, the manager who, who recruited those players, he for me is like Nathan Jones with regards to recruiting characters, and I, I think that they're off the character that would not for yeah. one second be complacent. That's fair. It's a fair point. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I just add as well, like you know, when a team like them is under pressure, you know, they, they haven't started well, so I, I don't think that that complacency will be there. I think the pressure will be there. Um, you know, they have to win. For them, Saturday is the kind of we've got to win now. We, we've got to get going. So I think they'll be right up for it. Their fans will be right up for it, um, and it's going to be a a really interesting game. Um, can't wait to can't wait to see it. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what our mentality would have been going into the game had we beaten Birmingham because I think we'd be very excited, very pumped up for it. We've talked a lot here about Sheffield United and how they will come into this test, but we've played a lot of different styles already. How should we try and set up to go and actually do, do our best against Sheffield United? Not the same as the Birmingham game. <laughs> I think for me, I'd, I'd love just to go back to playing the way we set out against Peterborough um, back four. I think a lot of that might be dependent on, on whether Burke or Bradley's fit. Um, if, if, if Burke is fit, then it'd be good to get him back in, um, maybe alongside Locks at the back. Um, so I think a four-two-three-one in, in in that in that style. I'll, pro I'll probably drop one of Pelly and or Pelly or Campbell and bring in Lansby a fit as well. Um, hopefully Jordan Clark's back as well. And I know he, I think by now he would have served his seven-day concussion protocol. So hopefully we can get him back in in that ten. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would love to see us go back to. Peter at home, get get Fred on the ball out wide, um, potentially Miss Gray on the ball out wide. Um, just yeah, just just go after them. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that, Jamie. I think um, definitely look to get Henry Lansbury back in because as we saw against Birmingham, we we slightly struggled to to dictate and control. Um, however, you know, against Sheffield United, we're not gonna we might not have as much of the ball as we thought we would against Birmingham. So it, it might be an idea to to get uh, to continue with Campbell and, and Pelly Ruddock again. Um, but, but I think if Jordan Clark does play, then I think we, having Lansbury in the team is, is less of a necessity. But if, if Lansbury doesn't play, then I think, um, sorry, no, if, if Clark uh, doesn't play, then, then Lansbury becomes more important in terms of our ability to progress and build because the quality of our forward passes on, on Saturday just wasn't there. The supply into Elijah wasn't there. Um, but yeah, you know, let's let's be really positive about it. Um, I'd like to see us move away from a from the three. I think I think NJ will will switch back to a four. Burke being fit would be a huge huge boost because then we can actually get Naismith into his best position if we do decide to to put him at left back instead of Amari Bell. Um, but you know, the the basics are there, and I don't think stylistically we're going to change that much um, because it. 
you know, we built a squad to play a certain way that's slightly flexible, um, but it's just all about the basics and, and defending set pieces properly and jumping on first and second balls. Yeah, I, I think what might help us a little bit is the fact that there's a bit of uncertainty on how Sheffield United might might set up. So I know Slavis has tried to, to try to try to start with a back four when he went to a back three at home to Huddersfield, whereas. Against Birmingham, we 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 came we came off the back of Barnsley playing a back playing a back three against a back three and played fantastically. Next game up was Birmingham, who we all who, who we all know has played a, a back three so far. So I think it was sort of in 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 Nathan's head to sort of double guess himself and think you know what that let's stick with a back three. Whereas given the uncertainty over Sheffield United, whether they play a four or a three. Nathan might be like, you know what, let's, let's just play our way and worry about ourselves first, rather than them. The final thing to do today will be our score predictions, and I'll come to you first, Stephen, because you're still on the screen here. Um, I'm going to say two all. Jamie? Um, I, I, I've, I've had in my head for a few days 1-1, one, one, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. And Dylan? We always seem to have the same predictions, Jamie. <laughs> I promise I'm not copying you, mate. I promise. No, I, I think I think it'll be, I think 1-1 one, one for me as well. I'm going to try and bring a bit of optimism to, to this podcast. Uh, I'm going to go with a scrappy 1-0. Maybe a second half, last 10 minutes. Elijah Adebayo, just a dodgy goal, but, you know a game where we deserve to take all three points and perhaps just the final final piece yeah. we've seen up until the last few minutes. What I would say, I think earlier I said that I wouldn't take a point, and I wouldn't, but what I would take is nil-nil half-time. I think just, just ensure that we start well, we, we don't concede early. If we can get to half-time levels, then I back us to come out in the second half. Shoot, uh, shooting towards the, the, the Kenny end, I, I back us to, to, to get a win, like if it is you know, half time for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's all we have time for today. As always, today's music has come from Kevin McLeod in Compatech, so check out his site for any similar needs. Also, make sure to check out our website, which is www.oakroadhatter.com, and both our Instagram page, which is Oak Road Hatter Pod and Twitter, which is at Oak Road Hatter. A big thank you for your continued support, and we do have some big plans this season, so make sure to keep an eye out. Goodbye until next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.